Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. Richard Lane with you here on Wednesday, December the 7th. This week I'm joined by my colleague Pam Danz from the Lancet to discuss a very important meeting coming up in a couple of days' time in London. And this concerns, really, frankly, the future blueprint for global health. And the meeting has been held because it's the 10th anniversary since the publication of a seminal report by WHO entitled The Commission on Macroeconomics and Health. So, Pam, welcome. But first of all, tell us about the upcoming meeting in London. Well, the Chatham House meeting, as you said, Richard, will mark the 10th anniversary of the publication of a seminal report titled Commission on Macroeconomics and Health. This meeting will take place on Friday, December 9th in London. The report was commissioned by the WHO, as you said, and set up by the Director General at the time, Dr. Gro Harlan Brutland. It comprised 18 leading economists and health experts and was chaired by the very well-known macroeconomist, Professor Jeffrey Sachs. Now, what the report did was clarify the links between health and economic development, and it was published in December 2001. Now, the core outcome of the Commission's findings was the dissemination of the idea that population health can spur economic growth and development. Now, economists and others had long recognised that wealth could lead to health, but the reverse linkage that health is wealth had been severely neglected at the macro level. Now, although this conclusion is intuitive for most people and certainly not surprising, bizarrely it was news to most macroeconomic policymakers. So as a result, the Commission provided a real boost to the academic community on the relationship between health and economic development and gave this area legitimacy at a level that it did not previously have. It also provided strong grounds to advocate for more money for health, which is one of the core recommendations. It claimed, I quote, that timely and bold action could save at least 8 million lives each year by the end of this decade, extending the lifespan, productivity and economic well-being of the poor. So the event at Chatham House will include a broad range of experts and key opinion leaders in health and economics. It will serve as a platform to review the developments over the past 10 years in the major areas covered by the Commission. Now, these include the quantity and quality of international and national financing for health, the challenges of building domestic health financing systems to deliver a basic package of care, and the role of the private sector and trade rules in stimulating innovation and in promoting access to medicines needed in developing countries. Most importantly, the Chatham House meeting will look forward at how the world can address the major challenges it now faces in sustaining improvements in global health health achieved in the last decade and continue to build on them. A secondary objective, I understand, is to help Chatham House decide how it could usefully contribute to new policy thinking through convening in 2012 one or more working groups on important themes identified during the conference. Thanks, Pam, very much indeed. And we should mention that the Lancet, December the 3rd issue, contains some content very relevant to this important global health issue. Do you want to signpost some of the things we've got in the December the 3rd issue? That's right. So what we tried to do as a prelude, a kind of scene setter to the meeting, was to assess as best we could what the impact of the report has been. Of course, it's difficult to make a direct correlation between the report and what actually has happened. But certainly, it is timely to ask, was it worth the paper it was written on? Some people would say it cost a lot of money, involved a lot of people, but essentially came up with a report with only one big idea, that increased global funding for health and we will foster economic development. 
So yes, in the issue, we have two quite different commentaries from the developed and developing world. We have one from Ron Le Bon, who, as you can tell, belongs to the anti-globalisation camp and is very critical of the report. Another comment by Donald Kabaruku, who is Rwanda's ex-Minister of Finance and today heads up the African Development Bank, provides a very thoughtful piece on how he sees Africa having benefited from the Commission, as well as its more negative impact on the continent. He goes on to make some salient points about Africa's emerging economic power, and that changed environment will mean the need for sustainability and accountability to be provided by Africa and not the donor community, as previously has been the case. And I think that's a a very interesting point. And finally, uh, we have a world report where we specifically canvassed a range of views across global health experts on the impact of the commission, which, as you can see, was, was very varied and strong, to say the least. There are additional comments from a broad range of other experts which have been put together in a web appendix, which I do recommend readers to go to, as there's some very thoughtful remarks about the report and the requirements for the future. Thanks very much, Pam. And just returning briefly to the upcoming meeting in London on Friday, December the 9th, presumably one of the possible pitfalls, challenges, difficulties, whatever adjective you want to use to describe it, is that if you invest a lot of time producing a lengthy, detailed report advocating possibly a complex, integrated kind of system to deliver global health. If the world changes, and undoubtedly, I'm no expert, but I know the world has changed a lot in the past decade, surely one of the threats to all of this work is that you can't move quickly enough in time with the external global changes that are going on to still deliver sustainable global health. That's right, Richard, which is why this meeting is so timely. Indeed, the world has changed immensely in the last decade. We've seen rapid economic growth, particularly in the world's emerging economies, which has even generated growing inequalities within and between countries. And in the last few years, of course, the most profound economic crisis for more than 50 years has emerged. So in view of this changed environment, we do need to revisit what the key issues are today and in the future. Future, confronting those interested in maintaining progress in meeting the global health goals. And just to conclude, I wanted to reflect on a comment made in the World Report by Andrew Castles, who's the Director of Strategy at WHO, who very nicely put that today the situation is very different. No one believes that more investment in health is going to help solve the banking or sovereign debt crisis, stabilise food prices or redress the inequities of globalisation. At the same time, improving health remains vitally important as a measure of the success of policies in these areas. Now, I think this is quite a poignant comment and I, I think we'll need to remain central to the issues discussed and debated at Chatham House. I hope the meeting goes well. And just to remind listeners to the podcast, for more information about the content, some of the content that Pam has discussed, do look in the December the 3rd issue of The Lancet. Of course, it's online as well. That's all for this week. Many thanks for listening. See you next time.